Thank you for listening to Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org. Are y'all doing all right today? Man, I have had an incredible holiday. Uh, so thankful for family. Uh, real, my bloodline family, but my extended family. Family just, to me, takes such a different uh, definition nowadays than it ever has in my life before. Just people that are connected to you, that you love, that God's put in your life. And just, uh, I truly feel like that family bond happens when you become, am I going to make it, aware of it? And you're thankful for it. When you become thankful for it, it goes beyond what you can see where you're natural and what a bloodline means. And it, it, it connects you in such a deep way that it, it truly honors God with how you steward those things that are put in your life. Uh, you can see my title on the screen today is My People. Everybody say My People. You know where I'm coming from. Everybody go, uh, actually I've got it on the screen for Jason. Put it up there for me. Second Chronicles chapter 7. We're going to read this in concert together before we start anything else. Let's read this together. Y'all ready? Then if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. One more. I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and restore their land. Everybody say their land. Their land, your land. God didn't say his land, his planet. He said your land. I, if my people, everybody say my people. Now put your hand on your chest and say my people, my people, and say my land. I need you to be very possessive of what I'm going to tell you today. I'm going to, I need you to take great ownership in what I'm going to speak to you about. I am fully aware that this is the last Sunday of 2021. I am fully aware of new beginnings coming up really soon. And I am very aware that I, there, it's for a particular reason God gave me this word today. So before you, if you want 2021 to look any different than 2020 did, and you want to see more supernatural things flow from your life, you're going to have to be very possessive with what I tell you today. Uh, I'm going to take possession of it, so 2021 is going to bring back fruit that I've never seen before, that my family's never seen before. But I've taken this word, I've put it deep within my heart, I'm very possessive of it. So you have to understand that everything that it was in that scripture, 2 Chronicles chapter 17, or chapter 7, is everything God was saying. We, we hear that scripture so often. It's posted on everybody's Facebook because of the things we're going through right now and the tragedy that's in our land. We want to quote that scripture, but a lot of times we think it, we're talking about repentance of the world. We need the world to repent. We need the world to change. He didn't say that. He said, my people, if you're born again, I want you to touch your chest and say, that's me. That's me. He's talking about us. He's talking about every church that's having a Sunday morning service this morning. If they're online, any born-again believer that claims the name of Jesus, you can say, I am his people. And he was talking, if you repent, my people repent. Not the world repent. Not the people who are pushing abortion in our country. Not the people who are, are promoting transgender and, and homosexuality. No, no, not all of them. I don't need them to repent. I need you to repent. Because you got to understand the kingdom within you is more powerful than the kingdom that is in this world. So if our kingdom is more powerful than that kingdom, why is our kingdom not triumphing over that kingdom? The problem is not there, it's here. It's a very possessive word. I hope you stay with me this morning. Back out for just a minute and i got something I'm important to share with you. Uh, what do you call 
What, what do you call a line of rabbits marching in reverse? A receding hairline. <laughs> yeah, we like that around here. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? That was submitted by Mr. Kendall Hobbs. Uh, uh, let's, ooh, let's pray. Y'all ready? Get your spirit ready. I'm going to get mine. Father, I thank you for this word. It's planted. It's, it's deep in my heart. It's who I am. And pray, Holy Spirit, you just let it flow out. You just let it flow out, not on deaf ears, God, but on your people's ears. Your, your people that claim your name, that claim your name, that say, I'm a Christian. I'm Christ-like. I'm a follower of Jesus. Let it get deep within us, Father, that today be a day of repentance, renewing of the mind, and renewing of our spirit as we go into a triumphant new season, God. God, we've been in the wilderness. So many have been in the wilderness, but the wilderness was your playground. It was where the Holy Spirit led you because it was a great dependency on God. I thank you that dependency for you is growing. But Father, we're stepping into new levels of triumphant glory that is going to shine light on the true person of Jesus in 2021. We thank you for it. We celebrate you in Jesus' holy name we pray. Everybody said amen. I want you to go to Matthew chapter 17, verse 17. Go ahead and just put your Bible there and get set or get your phone there. We're going to eventually end up there. We're going to eventually go there and we're going to go a couple other places. I got lots of scripture I'm going to refer to, but just a couple we're going to read for time's sake. I want to read that scripture one more time so that we just have it deep, deep within our spirits because it is such a popular scripture, but I want to bring a new light to that scripture. If my people who are called by my name, if you are a Christian, you are called by his name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear them from heaven. I will forgive their sin and I will hear their land, heal their land. Uh, Faith, without faith, it is impossible to please God. I want to talk about the supernatural, how if you are a born-again believer, it is supposed to be normal for you to be totally supernatural. It is, it is absolutely normal for a believer to be totally supernatural. I'm talking about signs, wonders, and miracles, hearing from the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit, the fruits of the Spirit being so dominant and predominant in your life that people get a great taste and a good view of who Jesus really is. And if that is not normal, then we have to repent and understand that there is no such thing as a not supernatural believer. It, it, it's not in the Bible. There's no such thing as a believer that doesn't walk in spirit and power. There's no, there's no two sub, there's not like a subcategory of uh, I, I'm, a, I'm a less powerful Christian. It was you become Christ-like, you take on the identity of Jesus, and then you walk in such a way of spirit and power that it is a great manifestation that truly reveals who Jesus actually is. And if that doesn't flow forth from your life, it doesn't mean 
mean you've been demoted or you're not who God says you are. We are going to find out today that it just means you need to be ruthless in your pursuit and your diligence and your seeking of the things that are a part of your inheritance. And if you have an inheritance and you don't live in the fullness of the inheritance, it isn't because God is withholding. It's because we haven't gotten into the posture of kings and queens and are seeking the things that are hidden for us. Not from us, but for us. The supernatural is hitting for us, not from us. There's a total difference because if you're not walking in signs, wonders, and miracles, and we're not just going to talk about power. Everybody say power. We're going to talk about the Spirit, the fruits of the Spirit. But if you're not walking in all of it, in the power, in the demonstration of the glory of God, you've not been demoted. You're not on the outside circles of the Christianity. It's just that you truly don't know what is available. And let me tell you what happens more than anything is it is a contentment without it. When you are content without having it, you will never see it. When you are content with the sick not being healed, you will not see the sick healed. When you are not content with a a great level of patience and long-suffering and kindness flowing forth from your life, when you're content with not having it, you will never have it. And I believe that's the state where they're in. We've just become content with Christianity without power, without signs, wonders, and miracles following our lives. And because we're content without it, we can't continue to see it. That You want to you know my strong conviction? That's why when COVID hit, there's only 50% back. Not because people didn't think church was good enough, but because there wasn't enough within church to keep them there that it is a greater manifestation of a greater kingdom than the one out there. That is my conviction. You don't have to take my conviction. I believe because there is such a watered-down version of the power of Jesus Christ being displayed in the house of God, there was no reason for the 50% to come back. I want to I give you my... Uh, I love this definition of Daniel Kalinda, what he says faith is. Faith is a Christ-like way of thinking, not a carnal one. It aligns us with God's mind through which His power flows into the earth. What a simple definition of faith, but what an excellent definition of faith. We have slipped into a place where we are trying to accomplish through teaching and knowledge what Jesus accomplished through signs, wonders, and miracles. We have become more confident in my ability to study and and mimic the, the religious calisthenics of the day than getting to a place of humility that presses me into the heart of the Father that power can flow freely. Are you at Matthew chapter 17 verse 17? Check this out. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation. Everybody say perverse. Everybody say it loud. Perverse. Perverse. O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? Okay, think think about this. We just had this man bring his demon-possessed, deaf-mute. He would throw himself in the fire. He was destroying his physical body. Let's, Let's look 
Did you know that when COVID hit and the shutdown took place, that the suicide rate, I I wish I would have took it, it skyrocketed. The destruction of God's created ones began to skyrocket. And you see the same manifestation on this kid. He was throwing himself in fire, but we got people cutting, hanging, overdosing. We're seeing the same thing take place right now in our United States. It's happening in our community that the same spirit that was on this boy is the same spirit that's trying to rob and steal, kill, and destroy in our communities right now. And they brought this boy to the disciples, men and women, men and just men in this particular, but there is women that come on after. But men in this situation that were followers of Jesus were in close proximity. They brought this boy to him and they couldn't do anything with him. They tried to get him out and they couldn't get it out. Boy was possessed by a demon and they brought this man. Can you imagine the state of this father seeing your son daily try to murder himself, mutilate himself? He can't speak. He can't walk. He's failing. He's freaking out because of these demons that have possessed him. And you hear about some men and women that have been in a building celebrating Jesus and you bring them to Him and you can't get Him out. You can't get him free. You just, as a dad, I can't imagine what it would be like to see your your son or daughter in that state and you heard about some people that have been claiming to be near Jesus and you try to get him there and they can't do anything with him. And then Jesus immediately gets it out of him, heals him, stands him up. He's perfectly normal. And then he turns to his disciples and he said, You faithless and perverse generation, how long do I need to be with you? How, and some translations said, How long do I need to bear you? That bear, come, come here, uh, Josh, real quick. That bear, this is what that bear means. How long do I need to be with you? Upright, cornerstone. I don't have enough strength. I'm not near obedient enough to hold myself up. Uh, I know you asked me to go to that other town, but it's hard in this state. If you go to the other town, I can go to the other town. How long will I bear you? Will you stay on milk and not meet? How long will you be complacent? How long will I have to continually reaffirm my love to you before you actually believe I love you? It is unbelievable to me, my generation, how much they need reaffirmation of love. When God is love, He's with us, He's near. But we're so longing for the basics of Christianity that I can't ever graduate. I can't go somewhere. I can't be commissioned. I can't be sent. I can't be obedient because I don't even know who I am. I don't even believe God. I don't even believe Scripture. We don't say it that way, but we become so tolerant of being in power without power and without the Spirit. We've become so tolerant of being malnutrition and weak and frail. And I, I, need the, I need the pastor to give me a prophetic word that God loves me. Read your Bible. Pray. Seek God. You will know His love. When we lost Adeline in April, I began to seek God and pour myself into God and push into God. And now I know more than ever how loved I am, how near He is. But I didn't need somebody to give me a prophetic word to get me to that state. I just needed Him. I just needed to take advantage of the opportunity to be near God. And when I took advantage of the opportunity to be near God, it began to resolve age-old questions that I've had for so long. 
It just began to devour them. Whoop, whoop, gone, gone, gone. I don't have to revisit them anymore. Don't have to revisit them. Don't have to revisit them. Don't, I don't, I don't, Dylan, I don't need you to give me a word that God loves me. Totally know it. Totally know it. But if you are wandering around not even knowing if God loves you, you can't be commissioned. You can't be powerful. You can't walk in the Spirit. You can't be confident. You can't look devils in the eye and rebuke them out of children and heal sickness. You can't do the things Christ did if you're not even really sure if you're loved by the King that commissions you. You can't do that. But it is so imperative. Oh, man. It's pretty self-explanatory when he said, i got to take a drink. I'm going to i got to take my suit jacket off. It's my redneck suit jacket. Apologize. I'm burning up. Matthew chapter 17. 17, he says, Oh, faithless and perverse generation. Faithless is pretty self-explanatory. You don't have faith. (laughs) Woo! Deep. Deep. Yeah, write that down. Faithless. No faith. Yeah, write it in your notes. I actually have it wrote in my notes. Don't judge me. Perverse means to distort or misinterpret. How long, you generation with no face, will you continue to misinterpret who I am? I've got to keep holding you up because you keep showing people who I'm really not. I need you to be an infant and hold on to my leg because you keep misrepresenting me every time you go out by yourself. Every time you leave Sunday morning church, you just misrepresent me. Bring him here to me. Bring him here. Let me me show you what's going to happen. What you were created to do, bring him here. And he immediately rebukes his demon. Go look at Luke 9, uh, chapter 9, verse uh, 42 through 43. Help, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I just ask you, bring deep conviction over the misrepresentation of Jesus Christ. Bring it back to the body. Every time I misrepresent you in, in spirit and truth, and when I let my opinions win, and I let my, my, my misconception of what's going on in the country, and when I hate other parties, and I hate other color, and I hate other people's opinion, and I'm frustrated, and I'm, and I'm ill-tempered, God, forgive us when we misrepresent you. Get a, a deep conviction back into the body of Christ that brings about such a great conviction that we will shut our mouth unless we've heard from God so that we never, we live with a holy reverential fear to not misrepresent Jesus in your name. Amen. Look at Luke chapter 9, verse 42-43. And they were all amazed. This is the same story. It's just a different perspective. It's a, it's, it's a different it's a different disciples uh, interpretation of what happened. He, he's, he's writing it down. And they were all amazed at the majesty of God. Say amazed. But while everyone marveled at all the things that which had taken place, Jesus had did, he said to his disciples, what category do you want to be in? 
It's so funny. It's not funny. It's, it's actually frustrating. I can go and share testimonies with people on a, on a weekly basis of seeing people get healed. I, I, I have testimonies that I can share with you that just this week, people getting touched by the healing power of Jesus Christ. And I, I love to have conversations with people about testimonies because it's always one or two categories. It's always one or two reactions. They either marvel or they want to know more. It amazed me that I can have a longer conversation about fishing or the weather than me tell you that somebody's leg grew and the conversation lasts longer over weather. Maybe it's just me. It disappoints the fire out of me that we get into two categories. We marvel at the things of God that are going on. We just stand back and, man, that is, that is good. Wow. Or you're in the category of intimacy and when you see something happening that is supposed to be on your life, you are one of the twelve that is so close to Jesus that while everybody else is gawking over this thing of God, you're finding out why you don't have it. Because the twelve were so near to Jesus that while the others were just gawking over what God was doing, they were finding out how they could do the same. And they were so close to Him. They got to hear the intimate conversation that follows when He said, let these words sink down into your ears for the Son of Man is about to be betrayed into the hands of men. They were so near that when it wasn't manifesting on their life, they were close enough to hear the answers of what needed to be done so that they could be the greater manifestation and represent Him rightly. But I'm scared that we as church people so, so content with being powerless that we can hear signs, wonders, and miracles. We can hear things God is doing in the nation and we would rather be in the crowd that gawks over it than finds out why is it not happening in my city? Why is it not happening in my town? Why am I not able to lay hands on my family and they be healed? Why? 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 Why are we not more discontent with the fact that we are so powerless? Don't just marvel. Be near. Proximity may bring correction on your life, but while others gawk, you hear the intimate whispers that release heaven. Others may just be standing in awe of people like Sean Foy that are holding these worship services where people are getting healed. Signs on We may just stand back and be like, we'll share his post. That's so cool. But why is it not happening here? Why when your child gets sick are you not able to lay hands on them and the sickness be removed? Why? Oh, faithless and perverse generation, it's a misrepresentation of me. Hearing the intimate whispers of Jesus will always be greater than the gawking with the religious fulfilled. So many people would rather just watch good things of God because they are so full. But he said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. For they shall see the kingdom. Blessed are the poor in spirit. It's literally, I have such a deficiency and need for Jesus. And it drives me to proximity that I refuse to live with a gap that I would misrepresent Jesus. 
I, I, won't, I refuse to be in the category of just gawking because I'm hanging out with the religious fulfilled, I, the religious satisfied, the people that are just content with being full of a sermon on Sunday and having no ability to inflict change on a demonic realm. Everybody say, no, don't try to say that. It's going to be hard. Zeitgeist. Zeitgeist. That is a German word for spirit of the age. That is, I'm going to use that word a couple times. Zeitgeist. It is a German-based word. Come out like in 1800s. It's, it's, it's literally describing, it's in German, it means the spirit of time. So I want, I want, I want to talk to you about some of the current state things that are happening. And I, you remember, what, what scripture did we open up with? My people. Everything I'm about to deal with is God's people. If you are called by my name, repent and I will heal your land. We know that repentance, we know that that word means to change the way you think. To real, really understand what that word means. It means to change the way you think. When I ask for forgiveness, I repent. There is a humbling and I repent. I change the way I think. Christianity can be powerless. I've got to change the way I think. I can witness without being effective on sickness and on darkness. I have to change the way I think. If I just re iterate the Bible but have no power then that will bring in salvation no I've got to change the way I think because if Jesus did it, did it different than us then our way is wrong because his way is right this is not for evangelists and people with healing anointing this is just people that are called by his name his name. And, and if you haven't walked in it, I'm not even in the fullness of it. I'm having to repent and go deeper and dig deeper and go in and God remove unbelief from my life because I don't want to misrepresent you. I'm tired of meeting people and I leave them with a bad taste of who Jesus really is because I'm too scared or too complacent. 90% of the time, I feel like that just about sums up 90% of the people I have conversation with that will not play for people, will not step out in boldness, will not take a risk, will not be obedient is because they're either totally condemned or fear drives their life. Both of them are total sin. They're biblical sin. Disobedience is sin and when, you're fear, when your life is governed by fear, it's sin. That's what the Bible says. How, how okay with sin have we become? Let's look at it that way. How okay have I become with disobedience because one, I'm scared, or two, I'm just totally complacent? I don't think Christianity needs signs, orders, and miracles. I don't, I don't even think I need to be powerful. I'm not who I once was. That's good enough. No, you are called unto something. You are called unto something. I don't need a real big response. I'm good with that. I don't really go off that anyway. But I know today that you're going to leave with such a deep conviction that the next time you, need, you see a situation that needs a manifestation of patience, you won't be okay with being impatient. You'll make, I hope it makes you physically ill when the situation needs long-suffering and you're not long-suffering. Wait, no, no. Not, not for unbelievers, but for believers that will tote Jesus' name and be content with misrepresenting. I hope a physical sickness begins to affect your body that you will no longer just be content with misrepresenting Jesus. Because I'm so sick of meeting people with so much church hurt because they can't meet anybody that will represent Him correctly. 
It is amazing to me that I can set foot on African soil and see so many miracles and people not resist the power of the Holy Ghost. And I can pray for people in this town at the gas station, watch a physical manifestation of healing and have to convince them out of their church hurt because somebody else has always misrepresented Jesus. It is ridiculous to me. To have 60-something churches in one parish and the majority of people claim to be a Christian but there's no fruit, no signs, warnings, and miracles, no power, no influence of character, there's no change, there's no representation of Jesus. How is that possible? Because we as the church have become content with no change in character, no change in power, and no manifestation of the Spirit so other people can join our country clubs and believe that they can be that way and it's okay because we've been doing it for so long. Why am I upset with them if I do the same thing? We just do it in different measures and claim that to be a greater sin. No, it's sin across the board. It's sin across the board. Zai, guys. means the spirit of the age. Spirit of the age. Everybody say spirit of the age. Let me get a drink. It is the attitude or mood of a culture during a particular time period that gives rise to its unique values and beliefs. Think about that. We are dealing with a zeitgeist that they didn't deal with in the 70s. It's different. It's a different principality. Stay with me. Because I'm going to talk to you about why many of us are powerless and not manifesting the Spirit. You can't manifest God's kingdom when you think under the influence of the current spirit of the age. No born-again believer would ever be like, my thinking is influenced by the God of this age. We're about to go into tax season. Claiming things that are illegal to claim. Say what you want. That's deception. That is actually being influenced by the spirit of this age and you're praying for a manifestation of God's kingdom. You can't pray for God's kingdom when you think like the kingdom of this age. Well, if I, all these storms have been happening, well, I got insurance that's going to pay for something and I'll just list a few extra things because it could have happened during the storm. Knowing good and well it happened way before the storm and you claim it on your insurance, you are thinking like the spirit of this age and you want to pray for the manifestation of a greater kingdom. How can you conquer a king who you think like? What else, Holy Spirit? Tax is a good one. People always come to me with their tax advice. You better go pray before you give me tax advice. I'm not going to list things I don't need to list. I'm not going to put things that I don't need. I remember three years ago, me and my wife, my wife is a, a, a contractor for what she does. So she's self-employed. And I remember because our company was just getting started up, it actually hadn't filed her correctly through the state. And when we went to the tax office, the tax office said, don't even claim her income this year because it ain't even seen. I, they messed up. They didn't list it. Don't even list it. There's no reason. They'll never even see it because it, 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 it fell through the crack. You fall through the crack. We listed my wife's income because I'm after a kingdom that is greater than the one you're paying attention to. But we do that. We inherit it. It is happening at a rapid pace in churches right now over politics. 
If you hate people of another party because of the decisions they're making, no matter how evil, you are falling under the spirit of the age. And you cannot have influence where you think like the one you're trying to be an influence above. Stay with me, boys. Somebody pray for me. We keep trying to drive darkness out of our communities when we think like the spirit of the age. And we become such a bad representation of Jesus that we can't do anything about the darkness that sits in families and in communities. And then... And then we'll let people convince us to think differently than what the Bible says because they use wisdom. Wisdom, man's wisdom will rob you of God's kingdom. Let's go look at something right here. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 4 through 5. In my speech, in my preaching... We're not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in the demonstration of the Spirit and of power. You should become so uncomplacent, whatever, restless, if power is not following your life. It should bother you to no end that you can pray for somebody and they not get healed. Thank you so much. Thank you. But I also, because I have a tendency... I have a tendency to lean more towards the power. But he said, my words weren't in man's wisdom, but with the Spirit and power. What is the Spirit? Let's look at some characteristics. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. I come in not in the power of man's wisdom, but in self-control. An unknown kindness and powerful reserve of man. I could reserve myself and I could suffer with you long. I could be patient when you needed me to be patient. I could be loving when you needed to love. I could be stern when you needed me to be stern. I could be kind when you needed to see kindness. I didn't come with the persuasion of men's wisdom, but I came with a manifestation of the power and spirit of God. You want to know why we're in the state we're in? Because there's such a lack of the manifestation of spirit and power that our world is putting its faith in man's wisdom. Look at how Paul finishes this scripture. He said, but in the demonstration of spirit and of power, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in power. You want to know why? So many people are trusting man's wisdom right now because they can't find spirit and power. This is our word, Life Church. It ain't because the world tastes better, it's because the church is tasteless. It ain't that the world tastes better, we become tasteless. He said, if salt loses its flavor, what good is it but to be trampled under the feet of men? You want to know what's happening to the church? It's being trampled under the feet of men and we think it's the world's fault. But, but we are powerless and spiritless and think the world needs to repent. Yeah. 
How dare we think sinners need to repent when we aren't the correct manifestation of Jesus? Daniel Kalinda said, We are the walking expression of God's kingdom. This is true spiritual warfare. We've had some of the best words on spiritual warfare begin to come out in this church. It is meant to be taken into prayer and further form you into the correct image of Jesus. Because until you become the correct image of Jesus, you can intercede till you're blue in the face, but you're not a spiritual warfare warrior. You can lay in this carpet and cry until there's a circle bigger than you. But if you get up and don't look like Jesus, you're not a spiritual intercessor. You're just somebody that likes to complain to Jesus. Prayer has become complaining sessions because we'll leave and be content with not looking like Jesus. I firmly believe Jesus doesn't hear the prayers of a tainted heart that don't actually want to look like Him. Jesus hungers and thirsts for those that will follow in His image and say yes no matter the cost. I was doing a bid the other day. I've been doing a lot of insurance work lately. I've been, I've been floored by how many believers would ask me to lie on a form that I'm going to send into the insurance company. I know you see I'm crying because it's work. I'm like, why? Why? Why would you ask me to do that? Why would you even put me in that position to tell you no? Had a man ask me to lie on the first payment of amount to a company so that he could get another payment. Works on the security team of a church in our parish. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? What's the point in being a believer if you would misrepresent Christ that greatly? Y'all may not use that language, but I'm just really simple. What is the point? Why not just go sin? Why not just abandon church? Why not just go live in the world? It's the same thing in Jesus' eyes. He said, how long? Am I going to have to hold you up because you keep misrepresenting me? You know what's crazy is Jesus is so graceful. I believe so many people will get into heaven being held up. I do. I really do. I believe His mercy is so, so strong that so many will get in being held up. Because if you confess with my mouth and believe that I am the Son of Man, you'll be saved. But I went in worship by myself, getting ready for this word. Man, I didn't know if I wanted to tell this or not. For a couple months now, I've been seeing myself go to Jesus in my long time. He smells a certain way. His, his beard feels a certain way, and I'll cling to him. And I'll just run up, and I'll throw myself on him, and I'll cling to him, and I'll feel of his beard. And you may think I'm weird, but this is just what's happening in my spirit. And getting ready for this message is, God, I, I don't get a message that doesn't change me before I tell it to somebody else. And this thing was changing me. And I went running up to Jesus again in my long time, and I clung to him, and I was feeling his beard, and I had my head on his chest, and I was just trying to take it all in in the spirit. And he grabbed me by the shoulders, and he turned me around and stood next to me, and he said, okay, that's enough. 
Like this time of clinging to me, knowing what I feel like, knowing my fragrance, it's, it's done its good diligence. But I'm telling you to go. I'm telling you to go. You are not going to hang on me anymore. Now let me... My intimacy with Jesus is deeper and stronger than it's ever been and it's going to continue to grow. But my malnourished state of needing Jesus to do every little thing for me is over. It's over. Losing Adeline did it to me because it pushed me to a place where I told pastors sitting here one day, I have finally resolved within myself, I don't need anything but God. Let me tell you about some stuff about this spirit, this zeitgeist, the spirit of the age. Help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. Past couple days, I've been feeling really lonely. I had just like this spirit. Like, I didn't recognize it as a spirit at first, but I started getting really lonely. And my wife was going to go stay with her family last night and go see some Christmas lights and go stay, and I was going to be at the house by myself. And before she got ready to leave, I started getting real anxious. And in the past, I would have just asked her to stay home, and she would do it. She would see it, and she would do it. She's an amazing wife. But I told her what was going on, and I just asked her to pray for me. And she's like, do you want me to stay home? I said, no, no, because this is the spirit of the age. Because the spirit of age is making so many people feel lonely. I refuse in this moment to be governed by the way he thinks. And I can see it right now. And it would have been easier for my wife to stay home and let me watch a movie on the couch. And it would have resolved that feeling. But then I would have begun to think that I need something besides God. And you don't think that's a big deal. But in that moment, I had the opportunity to ever think like the spirit of the age or be rooted in Jesus and understand I don't need my wife. I don't need my house to have somebody in it. I don't need the TV on. I just need my Bible. And I need the Spirit of the living God. So you need to understand things are happening in your life. And you are so content that you would submit and not understand. I can't think like that. Because if He is the Spirit of adoption, I'm never alone. If He said, I'll never leave you and forsake you, that's what God thinks. That's how He thinks. But the Spirit of this age says you're alone because nobody around you are alone. Because you nobody likes you in the way you think. And because you're sick right now, you're isolated. The Spirit of loneliness, the Spirit of orphan spirit is rampant right now. It's the Spirit of the age. And He tried to make His way into my house. And I recognize that I won't think that way. So I need you to go stay with your parents because I'm going to stay in here and weep before Jesus until my mind gets right. But we do it every day. We'll be influenced and we would rather get out of that feeling quickly than make sure I get my thinking right. Bold, uncontent people will stay in a state of pain and frustration long enough for my thinking to change then get out and be pleased with how I feel. Content people will choose comfort. Hungry people will choose to stay in it until my thinking change, and it will go. It may take longer. It may take more work. It may take more pressing. Because look, look, y'all got time? Y'all got time? Look at this scripture. Go to uh, uh, Hebrews chapter 11, the, the faith chapter. But without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is a rewarder of what? Those who diligently seek him. 
You can look at that word diligently as is like a malnourished person trying to get food. You you can look at it as like somebody that that the cure to everything they've ever needed is waiting on the other side of this threshold, and they just barrel in. They just I, I believe that's how I'm beginning to see when he said you can come before the throne boldly because I just I'll barrel into my prayer time. I'll barrel into the courts of praise. I'll barrel in through the gates because I know he's there and I. I know he's what I need, but if we're not careful, I'll let somebody take away my pain, but give me the wrong way of thinking. I had I had somebody come to me on three different occasions when COVID first hit. When COVID hit, our business took off. It God just began to bless it. We had a man from Romania prophesy over us. And when COVID hit, our business catapulted into another level. And three weeks into this catapult blessing, I had three different people send me emails from the government that they, construction companies in our town, were, were filing for unemployment because it was a big check, but we're never stopped working and people begin to see me if you're even seeing a little bit of downtime or you had to miss a couple days you need to file for this unemployment I'm not unemployed I'm not going to lie I'm not going to think like the spirit of this age but so many people every one of them were believers trying to convince me to think like the demonic spirit of this age you think it's a check I think I'll submit to an inferior kingdom if you went and did your taxes with me, you would be very uncomfortable because my CPA won't logically convince me to submit to a way of thinking that is not my God's. But Christians are so influenced by the spirit of this age that I'll continue to think like Him and wonder why I don't see power in the spirit manifesting daily. Can't conquer a kingdom that you think like. I've had stupid conversations with people. I mean that, stupid. That was the spirit. It was stupid. I've had people, my, and none of y'all know, celebration moment, my wife's pregnant again. My brain. Boy, we cried and we prayed for that baby and it's gone. But you know what? I can say he's good today, but I never stopped saying it before I knew that pregnancy test was there. I had the same conversation. But I've had people tell me and my wife, I've had people call me a coward because my, me and my wife will go to Africa with her pregnant or having a baby. I've had people to my face on multiple occasions in our town call me a coward. That's fine if you think that way, but you are governed by a different spirit than what I'm governed by. And you can think cowardly and you can be afraid, but I am not. And I will not submit to fear and you make it seem like man's wisdom. Because they're having some really good, wise conversations with me. <laughs> Come tell me you're a coward if you put your wife in that position. No, you're a coward because you won't obey God. I'm sick and tired of patty caking your spirit of the age thinking while you walk around and misrepresent Christ. But you won't find it in my house. And you won't find it in a conversation with me. So let me go ahead and just publicly tell the church and anybody that watches us on Facebook that love me and my wife and our ministry, if you want to have that conversation with me, go have it with somebody else. 
But I'm trying to expose to you this is real and it's happening consistently. And it's, I'm telling you things that you might have even thought. We have to be so convicted that we would think like the spirit of this age because I can't think like Jesus and think like Him. said, every man has been given a measure of faith. The measure of faith. I like that. That's a good translation. You got a Kleenex box back there? Throw that to me. Okay. Throw me that one too, buddy. These are the same Kleenex boxes. Exact same. Here you go, Pooh. Here's your measure of faith. Here's your measure of faith. Here's your measure of faith. All of those are the exact same because it says that Jesus is no respecter of men. My measure, your measure, and your measure are the exact same thing. But what our faith does will be a direct testament to what you do with your measure of faith. I believe many people's measure of faith is the same measure they were given, if not less, than what the Holy Spirit deposited at the moment of being born again because they are so influenced by the God of this age. You think you're just changing the way you think on taxes, but you're just actually lessening your measure of faith. Well, you lied about what that gas pump actually said on cost so you could save a few bucks in the gas station. You think you were just getting ahead. You just lessened your measure of faith. Well, then your wife got diagnosed with cancer and you wanted to bombard heaven with faith for her healing and you're wondering why. You're wondering why you can't conjure up enough faith to bring heaven on earth for your kids. But you steadily traded in your measure of faith. He loved to get you to think like him because he knows that faith is the currency of heaven and that you you can't please God without it. It is physically impossible for you to please God, J-Mo, without faith. So every time you pull up the wrong thing on the phone or you look at that you shouldn't have been looking at or you entertain that movie a little too long or you let sexual perversity influence your mind and you spent too much time thinking about it, you thought, that ain't no big deal. It's a very big deal. Because the more you think like Him, the more you take your measure of faith. And you dwindle it, and you dwindle it, and you dwindle it, and you dwindle it. And you wonder why you can't stay passionate about serving the Lord. Faith is the currency of heaven, so faith is currency within the realm of passion. My faith is directly related and corrugated to how much passion I have because when my faith is being stewarded and protected, my passion never wavers. It just builds like a furnace that you're throwing logs in. <clears throat> I hope that we would change the way we think heading into 2021. I'm the same loving and kind person that all of you know. And I will always let love win the day. 
But I'll tell you where I am in my transition and in my journey. That conversations that I would have let go on in the past, maybe not agreed, maybe not said I agreed or, or, or joined in with you, they will be abruptly stopped. And I don't ever want that to be taken as rude or impatient. But now more than ever, you have to have a violence about you that refuses to think like the spirit of this age. Because I've got big dreams and I've got big hopes that I will see come to manifestation within this community in the next few years. They're happening now and they're going to continue to happen. And I can't go into any of them. I can't run my business thinking like zeitgeist, the spirit of the age. I can't run my home thinking like the spirit of this age. I can't run that boys and girls club thinking by the spirit of this age. If you wonder why you keep getting put into positions and can't fathom or understand why you can't pray the prayer of faith, today is the day to repent and figure out how you're thinking like the spirit of this age. Today's the day. I will not, cannot pray anything over you today. It has to be you getting to such a place of discontentment that you don't want to think like it anymore. You don't want to be a powerless Christian. You don't want to be a Christian that doesn't daily manifest the fruits of the Spirit. You have to be ready for that. And can I tell you, by the Spirit of God, that if you're not ready to repent, get out of discontentment on being a perverse generation, one that misrepresents Jesus, in 2021 you will begin to lose all voice of influence. It's going to be weird to you why people don't listen to you. Where in the past you were able to influence people, conversations, and things. I'm telling you, something's about to happen. I don't say things like that, but I'm telling you what I feel in my spirit. You're going to get taken out of spotlights that you were in before. You're going to get taken out of conversations you were in before. And God will begin to put people in there that refuse to misrepresent Him. It's happening. I believe a lot of that exposure is happening right now across the board in the United States of megachurch pastors and people leading ministries. But I believe if it happens in the head, it's going to happen in the body. You want to play? We play the guitar. So this is not an altar call that I'm going to pray for you. He's going to play, and it's just an opportunity before you go get in the car and just rush off to lunch and just rush off, and you just go about your daily Sunday business, that you make sure that, Dylan, if somebody stamps you as Christian, you're getting his last name. Oh, man, I don't have it. My grandmother gave me this card. I got a new wallet for Christmas. I was cleaning out my, my old wallet. And my Nana, when I, when I turned like 16, she gave me this card. And it's called, it was like a little poem. And, and it was called Your Last Name. That thing's got washed so many times. One day I finally laminated it. And it's, I can barely read it. But it kind of sums up what I can still read when I was taking it out. It said, your dad gave you your last name. 
And when he gave it to you, it had no black marks, it had no scars. And what you do with it will be responsible to you because you're going to want it to be spotless when you hand it to your child. And way greater than the name Schultz that I want to hand on to my child is, I'm going to tell him, your dad has fought really hard to represent Jesus well. I got talked about, put me in some really hard situations, but I wanted to make sure the day you were able to make the decision yourself that you'd be able to look at your dad and know that he gave you the best opportunity to see Jesus rightly. Miracles are not the end game, but they clear the road out so people can see him well. to put my stuff up and I'm about to go and when pastor feels ready he'll close this thing out but if you feel like in any way man I did I've been doing some things that are spirit of the age governed that's just just thinking like him I I pray you repent today I'm going to be repenting for some stuff as I was speaking I could feel the Holy Spirit bring some stuff up in my mind I really need to get out so I'm just going to pray for a few minutes and you pray but I believe power is ready to flow through your body Signs, wonders, and miracles begin to follow you. Great manifestations of kindness and patience and love and long-suffering. I believe they're ready to manifest. God's not been holding them from you. They're just waiting to be released. Let's seize this moment. Don't let it go. Don't let it go. This was our word to take us into the new year. In prayer service this morning, God gave me a word that uh, we were going into a new season, but we couldn't go in with old mindsets. He said, I can't put new wine in old wineskin. So seize this moment right there where you sit. Thank you for listening to Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org.